Well, hello there. Welcome. My name is Christina. I'm going to be presenting uh, for the next hour, so I hope you get yourself a cup of tea, maybe a warm blanket, maybe a duvet, maybe some candles, maybe a bubble bath, whatever you want, you know, settle in. We're going to be listening to um, protest songs, some revolution songs, some songs that are historical documents, some songs that were instrumental in revolution, and some songs that are a rallying cry for revolution. So, um, yeah, I hope you'll enjoy this next hour. Um, we have some foreign language songs, Portuguese song, two Portuguese songs, a Spanish song, um, a few American ones, an Irish one. So we have a nice mix for you here this evening. Um, so I hope you'll enjoy. Now, the first tune I'm going to play for you today is a song called Grandola Vila Morena. Grandola Vila, Vila Morena is a Portuguese tune written by a man called Zeca Alfonso. Um, now, why Grandola Vila Morena is so popular in Portugal is because of its role that it played in the 1974 revolution. Now, um, up until 1974, Portugal actually lived under uh, under a, an authoritarian regime. Um, you, if you ever heard of the of the name Antonio Salazar, um, so it was the a Salazar regime at the time of the revolution. However, it was um, a man called Marcelo Catano. Um, but in April nineteen seventy four, the military decided to do a a little bit of a just a little bit just a little coup. So um, they. Got, it was actually in the colonies that it was organized, and then obviously they 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 took Lisbon um, in April nineteen seventy four, and how they did that they had to coordinate it somehow, and uh, in that coordination coordination you need a communi- communication strategy, something that our government could maybe um, you know implement at some stage during this coronavirus pandemic. But anyway. So they had to signal because the the army were in different places around the country. They had to signal to each other that this is going this is going to go ahead. And so they didn't have WhatsApp, you know. They didn't have SMS. They didn't have Instagram Messenger even. Like seriously, they like very little broadband, you know, back in the day. And so they what they did is they took the radio station, and in order to not raise suspicion, they played the what they did was they um. They played tunes um, to signal that, yeah, we're going ahead. And there was two tunes that were used. So they retook the radio station and they played this tune, which wouldn't have been out of the ordinary because it was um, the 1974 Eurovi- Eurovision entry, do Pois do Adios by um, Paolo do Calavro, and, um, which I've read is boring. I'm not sure... I don't. I haven't listened to it. I'll, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie, because the second song, the second signal, is the one that's the real like beating heart of a tune, and one that is still you know sang and celebrated today, and one that is kind of like the 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 anthem of that day in, in essence. So um, it was this tune, uh, uh, Grandola Villa Morena. So um, on April twenty fifth, nineteen seventy four. Grandola Vila Morena plays out over the radio and a new chapter of Portuguese history begins.
Prendo la vila morena, terra da fraternidade. O povo é quem mais ordena dentro de ti a cidade. Dentro de ti a cidade. Em cada esquina um amigo, em cada rosto igualdade, grandola vila morena, terra da fraternidade, terra da fraternidade, grandola. A sombra do mazinheira que já não sabia a idade, jurei ter por companheira, grande lá tua vontade, grande lá tua vontade. And that was Grandola Villa Morena. What a great tune to start a revolution from. And actually, it is um, <clears throat> played and sang, obviously, um, in Portugal now as a as a memory of that time. So it's a it's a beautiful song. Next up, we have something a little bit more heavy and a bit more recent. And of course, it's always top of mind for many of us in society, the subject of women's liberation. Um, this song originates in Chile, um, very recent, 2019. Um, and it is a feminist anthem that became a global phenomenon. And it is called Un Violador en tu Camino, um, A Rapist in Your Path. Um, if you haven't seen this song or seen or heard this song, um, you should definitely have a look on YouTube. I highly recommend a watch. Um, and it's about, um, really it's a protest song to raise awareness about gender-based violence um, in South America. It is a huge, huge problem there as it is globally. And um, this song 
it honestly and the performance of it um really paralyzes me every time I watch it because I think of how brave these women are to do this and say what they say because you know the repercussions can be very extreme especially when you consider the involvement of the police in the likes of femicide and disappearances of women across the region um, you know, human trafficking, mass murder and mass sexual violence requires the participa- participation of the authorities. Um, uh, but above all else, I suppose this song is a powerhouse of solidarity. Um, and I'll just translate the lyrics for you here. Um, the lyrics read, uh, the patriarchy is a judge. Uh, that judges us for being born and our punishment is the violence you don't see. The patriarchy is a judge that judges us for being born and our punishment is the violence that is not seen. It's femicide, impunity for the killer, it's disappearance, it's rape and the fault wasn't mine nor what I was nor how I was dressed. The rapist is you, the rapist is you. It's the cops, the judges, the state, the president. The oppressive state is a rapist. The rapist is you. Sleep calmly, innocent girl, without worrying about the bandit. Over your dreams, smiling and sweeting, or sweet, watches your loving cop. The rapist is you. So this is Un Vilador en tu Camino.
that song gets me every time. You should watch it definitely on um on YouTube and watch the dance. It's just oh I don't know. It just catches me right in the chest. Um Envilador in tu camino. So you can have a look on YouTube for that because the dance is wonderful. Next up we have um the beds are burning by midnight oil so this actually comes from it's an uh, australian 80s band midnight oil um from their sixth studio album uh diesel and dust and i was actually surprised so surprised by the amount of people that had never heard of this song um and i have a feeling it's something to do with living in the country i can't prove it but it's my theory and I'm going to stick to it. But the song is one that brought uh, Midnight Oil, uh, their international notoriety. According to an interview they did with Songwriting Magazine, uh, they were approached to write the song um, about the handing back of an ancient rock uh, to the First, First Nations people. Uh, they said uh, that some folks from out in the desert asked them if they would like to su submit a song or songs to commemorate the handing back of this rock that was called Uluru. Um, in in order to kind of get the message out to the cities that this handback was happening. And they first said, you know, maybe a First Nations band should do it. Um, but I imagine a decision was made uh, by the organisers that um, <clears throat> that Midnight Oil's popularity in the country and I suppose allyship really, allyship, is that a word, uh, for the First Nations people, they would, they, they would just have had more reach um, with their kind of, popularity at the time so this is the song that they wrote and I have to say it's a wonderful display of like calling for reparations and reconciliation they really didn't take the white savior route which is so good um of course um atrocities and racism against uh first nations people is still rampant in Australia um actually recently they tore down this really old I think it was like 350 years old birthing tree um, to build a motorway um, and it was hugely culturally significant they would have like remember that happened with it didn't actually happen but remember the fairy tree does anyone remember that it was like there was a fairy tree um, on the way to Limerick and um, they were like you can't the fairies will be mad you can't do that so the they literally in I think it was on the way to Limerick or something they had to build around it um if only the Australians had been as superstitious as us but
fantastic end to a song. Uh, that is Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. Um, and so topical even for today, obviously. It's so relevant. It's like Shakespeare. Um, yeah, Beds Are Burning, Climate Change, you know, really was a timeless classic. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that now. Um, next up, now, we're onto something very special. I have to warn you. Um, if you're still with me, cozied up, maybe with a cup of tea, maybe a cheeky glass of wine, <laughs> um, and you haven't left your flesh prison by now, uh, don't go quietly into the night, my friends. Stay and learn about Cantano Veloso, the love of my life, the man who was meant to fertilize me in a ceremony to worship the gods. <sighs> he is honestly the light of my life. Fire my loins. You know what I mean? Um, Candano Veloso is a Brazilian, Brazil, Brazilian, Brazilian, Brazilian artist, Brasileiro, um, who, uh, along with Gilberto Gil, founded Tropicalismo, uh, which encompassed theatre, poetry, and music um, in a cultural, musical movement in the 1960s at the beginning um, of the Brazilian dictatorship um, that took power in 1964. So initially this movement was a success, but it soon became uh, quite contentious when the students kind of turned on Veloso and the movement, um, like artists like Os Mutanche, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, they claimed Veloso was uh, commercializing Brazilian music because uh, tropicalismo was kind of a, a melange of um, bossa nova, you know, Jimi Hendrix, Chuck Berry, and then you could hear like notes of the Beatles, and it had like it has like traditional um, Brazilian rhythms with electric guitar and like psychedelic flourishes I suppose you could say um and they poke fun at Brazilians Brazil Brazil Brazil's uh consumer society society and other aspects of contemporary culture so bossa nova is like samba but it has more like jazz and concentrate uh, concentrates on like less percussion and stuff um very popular uh, music for its time. Um, so altering it was seen as a bit of a like blasphemy. Um, but obviously, you know, these students, they were like leftist Marxists, but they were actually quite conservative um, because, yeah, they they weren't happy with, you know, change. <laughs> so conservative. So um, actually Veloso and Gil were arrested by the government in 1968 and they were exiled for two years to London in 1968. Um, they didn't like London very much. Can you imagine? Like, would you be well? You're in Sao Paulo, you're having a great time, you're shirtless every day, you're Cantano Veloso, you're beautiful. Now you're in London and it's cold. I mean, it's fun in London in the 1960s, I'm sure. Like, it's not, I'm not going to cry for him too much, but still. Um, this is a beautiful sound and there are many more of Cantano's uh, songs that I love, especially one that's called um, Sozinho. Um... But this is the one that launched the movement, I suppose, so it's only fitting to give it a go. 
you can check out a wonderful documentary on for free on YouTube actually called uh, Tropicalia um, if you want to learn more about it and there's a better one on my bow um, Cantano himself called Cantano in Bahia now you spell Cantano by C-A-E-T-A-N-O and in ba- Bahia Bahia I think that's right B-A-H-I-A um, and also on YouTube and it's about 30 minutes long and I promise you you will fall in love with him. And to this day, he is still a snack. This is Tropicalia. Quando o Pero Vaz caminha, descobriu que as terras brasileiras eram verdes e verdejantes, escreveu uma carta ao rei. Tudo que nela se planta, tudo cresce e floresce. Sobre a cabeça os aviões, sobre os meus pés os caminhões, aponta contra os chapadões meu nariz. Eu organizo o movimento, eu oriento o carnaval, eu inauguro o monumento no planalto central do país. Viva a bossa, sassá, viva a palhoça, sassá, sassá, viva a bossa, sassá, viva a palhoça, sassá, sassá. Monumento de papel crepou em prata Os olhos verdes da mulata A cabeleira esconde atrás da verde mata No ar do sertão O monumento não tem porta A entrada é uma rua antiga, estreita e torta E no joelho uma criança sorridente, feia e morta Estende a mão Viva a mata, tá, tá. Viva a mulata, tá, 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 tá. Viva mata, tá, tá. Viva mulata, tá, 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 tá. No pátio interno há uma piscina com água azul de amaralina. Coqueiro brisa e fala nordestina e faróis. Na mão direita tem uma roseira Autenticando a eterna primavera E nos jardins os urubus passeiam a tarde inteira Entre os girassóis Viva Maria, ia, ia Viva Bahia, ia, 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 ia Viva Maria, ia, ia Viva Bahia, ia, 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 ia No pulso esquerdo, bang, bang Em suas veias corre muito pouco sangue Mas seu coração balança um samba de tamborim Emite acordes dissonantes Pelos cinco mil alto-falantes Senhoras e senhores, ele põe os olhos grandes sobre mim Vivirá cima, mamá Vive panema, mamá, mamá Vivirá cima, mamá Vive panema, mamá, mamá Domingo é o fino da bossa, segunda-feira está na fossa, terça-feira vai a roça, porém O monumento é bem moderno, não disse nada do modelo do meu terno E tudo mais vá pro inferno, meu bem E tudo mais vá pro inferno, meu bem 
Viva a banda, da da, carne miranda, da 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 da. Viva a banda, da da, carne miranda, da 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 da. Viva a banda, da da, carne miranda, da 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 da. Can you imagine being that tasty? Like, doesn't hurt him. You should see a picture of him. He has the most beautiful smile and eyes. Like, oh, I actually can't. Like, I'm actually struggling. Must get on with the show. Okay, next one. This is actually the song that gets... No, actually, I'm going to take a moment. I feel like what my sister must feel like for Harry Styles. She loves him. And to be fair, Harry Styles is great. Okay, I'm okay. Um, so the next one is actually the song that uh, gave me th- the entire idea for this thing because um, it was just the one that shocked me when I learned about it the most. Um, and it's the song Come Together by The Beatles written by John Lennon and McCartney, I think. So this song is just has a great story behind it. Um, and I'm going to ask you... Quick question now first. It's going to be a riddle. It's going to be fun, okay? I promise. What do the Beatles, Harvard, Ronald Reagan and Timothy Leary have in common? And the answer is drugs. Drugs. Lovely drugs. Um, and the tale behind this, this, this tune is... Now, actually, if you don't know who Timothy Leary is, right? He was this man... Basically, to sum it up, he just loved yokes, right? He loved yokes, he loved taking yokes, he loved talking about yokes, he loved sleeping in yokes, he just loved them. And he was a psychology professor in um, Harvard. And him and this other lad, Richard Albert, um, were doing experiments with LSD. And uh, yeah, they were having a great time, basically. Now, if you don't know who Richard Albert is, he's actually better known as... um, Ram Das, if you're into spirituality at all and you'd like to check out some of his meditations, highly recommend. Um, so anyway, him and Richard Ram Das um, got into some trouble with the drugs. We won't mention that. And they both got fired anyway from Harvard. Raging, you know, raging. How dare you fire me over taking drugs all day? Um, this is sometimes in the 60s. Um, I actually don't have the date here in front of me. Whoops. Um, but anyway, Leary then decided to run for governor. Now he had been a central figure, um, around, uh, drugs and the conversation about drugs for years. He'd been in front of the Senate. He had been, um, advocating for legalization or not, or not against de- against criminalization. Um, because at the time, you know, none of these drugs were, were illegal, um, so he decided at some point to run for, oh, sorry, I think 1969, I do have a date here, 1969 to run for governor of California. Now, who was he running against in that year, in 1969 for governor of California? Only, just say no himself, Mr. Ronald Reagan, Trump's wet dream of man. Okay, so Larry's campaign slogan for this for this election was come together the song uh join the party but that was his uh, the the original slogan yeah you get it anyway he asked john lennon to make a, a campaign song for him 
Isn't that mad? Do you know? And then Larry was arrested um, before the election. And so he was sent to, because of a previous marijuana conviction. Now you could be cynical and say that there were some people who arranged that to happen so he wouldn't be running against Ronald Reagan. Sure, I don't know. Um, but it's sus, you know. So anyway, he couldn't run for for governor because he was in jail. Now, he didn't stay in jail for long because he escaped and ran away to Algeria. Wild child. But John Lennon wrote, rewrote the song and it became a hit. Um, so, But it was originally meant for Timothy Leary and his campaign to like... I mean, if you've ever watched anything about uh, Timothy Leary or read anything about Timothy Leary, like liberal, not even liberal, better than liberal, like a progressive. Um, but this is according to the Beatles Bible. Leary was bemused when he when he came to hear the Beatles recording of the song because it was different. Um, although the new version was certainly a musical and lyrical improvement, Leary said, on my on my campaign song, I was a bit miffed that Lennon had passed me over this way. When I sent a mild protest to John, he replied with typical Lennon charm and wish that he was a tailor and I a customer who had ordered a suit and never returned, so he sold it to somebody else. Is John Lennon now the Queen for some reason? Apparently. So anyway, this is that song. That is the tale behind it. It's not not great. Um. So enjoy. This is "Come Together" by the Beatles.
that was Come Together by The Beatles. Isn't that a great story now? If you haven't seen, you should check out that, um, that, um, a documentary on Timothy Leary on YouTube for 100% if you haven't seen it. So good. And Ram Das, Daddy Das, honestly, get into him too with the spirituality and stuff. Some great meditations, I can tell you. The next one, so fun. Okay, so this is called The Pill. Um, Loretta Lynn is the writer of our next song, um, who had no less than 14 songs banned from the radio. Now, this wasn't like today or yesterday. Um, this was back in the 70s. America. Hmm. Um, now, maybe you city slickers aren't accustomed to country music. And I know many people, you know, they dismiss it. They're like, oh, it's shite. But um, there's so many banging tunes out there um, that are country songs, you know. And I don't mean folk songs, you know. I mean country band songs. Um, I was brought up with, like, Sunday morning show band country and Irish tunes playing in a small country kitchen and in, like, our sturdy Volkswagen Vento on the way home from Mass, you know, that my dad had souped up so much with suspensions that he, it could literally drag tractors out of sinkholes. Um, we used to go on like Sunday drives every Sunday to uh, judge other people's houses and um, look at the ocean you know that was our Sunday out but uh, along the way we used to listen to the radio with country music blaring from like America, England, um, you know, anything 96FM uh, or Cork 96FM had playing really in the Skriacht, um, followed by like uh, ga matches narrated by the infamous uh, Um Now, I can't imagine that this song ever made it into Ireland's country playlist, but um, it's just an example of the kind of rebellion and humour that can be captured in the rhythm of these songs. Um, Loretta Lynn is an American singer um, and she released this hoot in 1975 and it was an instant stir. Um, precisely because of the audience, I suppose, that was listening to it in the nineteen in in the nineteen seventies. Um, but the pill, this, which is this is this song, um, celebrates birth control and all the freedom that it offered to uh, married women who don't want, who didn't want or or um can't afford another baby. So um, you know, th- there was an article in the People um about the track and um. Apparently was selling 15,000 copies a week without even getting airplays because it was banned from 60 stations. Isn't that good? I think we definitely underestimate how much of a revolution the pill was. You know, um, it was a revolutionary technology like no other. And it benefited women. It benefited women's lives so, so, so much. Um, And, you know, there's... There's arguments to and for the pill, um, but at the end of the day, it allowed for a a coming out of the kitchen, you know. This is The Pill by Loretta Lynn. You and me and dine me when I was your girl. Promised if I'd be your wife. You'd show me the world But all I've seen of this old world Is a bed and a doctor bill I'm tearing down your brooder 
Cause now I've got the pill All these years I've stayed at home While you had all your fun And every year that's gone by Another baby's come There's gonna be some changes made Right here on Nursery Hill You set this chicken your last time Cause now I've got the pill This old maternity dress I've got Is going in the garbage The clothes I'm wearing from now on Won't pick up so much yardage Mini skirts, hot pants And a few little fancy frills Yeah, I'm making up for all those years Since I've got the pill I'm tired of all your crowing How you and your hens play While holding a couple in my arms Another's on the way This chicken's done for a her nest And I'm ready to make a deal And you can't afford to turn it down Cause you know I've got the pill Cause you kept it filled The feeling good comes easy now Since I've got the pill It's getting dark, it's roosting time Tonight's too good to be real Oh, but daddy, don't you worry, none. Cause mama's got the pill Oh, daddy, don't you worry, none. Cause mama's got the uh that was loretta lynn with the pill what a great tune you know best of country um definitely do another playlist with just like country music proper country music you know um so the next one we have up here another personal favorite now i know you're probably listening to this hour and thinking where you know, we're all this, the songs from the 60s in America, especially, you know, black American songs. And there's just so many I couldn't choose, really. I, you could do a whole hour on that. I chose this one because it's a little more under the radar, I feel, than, you know, your Bob Dylan songs and <clears throat> the more obvious uh, uh, revolution songs of that time, you know, the protest songs of that time. Um, so, but this song I feel is like a glowing example of the kind of song that becomes, uh, an historical document, you know, in and of itself, um, which is how I would just love to see our educators teaching history, actually. Like imagine going into a classroom and Miss O'Brien comes in and she's like, today we're studying Marvin Gaye and, um, uh, puts, gets you to do research on the meaning of the song. Like that's so much more interesting you know the emotion and the impact of the moment is captured in art not facts so if you want to really put kids into um into the shoes of a moment and understand the gravity of something surely we should be using you know songs and plays and all of that stuff to study history not just the bare uh framework which i don't think is as interesting um personally but anyway I'm not an educator. I'm not in charge of the curriculum for now. Um, 
but this song is truly a snapshot of that time, you know. According to the conversation, What's Going On was re- released at the time the Vietnam War was still raging in 1971, um, three years before the black civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. had been assassinated. And in 1969, Richard Nixon was elected as America's 30, 37th president. Now, if you're wondering, if you don't know too much about the presidents, and you're wondering, what was Nixon like at all? Just not good, you know? Um... America was in a state of turmoil. Protests against the Vietnam War resulted in widespread police violence and brutality. Um, So what's going on was kind of a response to to the war that claimed over 3 million people who were mostly uh, Vietnamese civilians. And um, the song not only called for an end to the war it also serves as a kind of a critique of the 1970s america drugs racism poverty were um crippling most inner inner cities at that time um so for me this song really is a, a an incredible piece of protest art and again still relevant today like um so many greats are so this is marvin gay what's going on <laughs> Brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer. For only love can conquer hate You know we've got to find a way To bring some love and get here today Picket lights and picket signs Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Some understanding here today. Oh, oh, oh. 
What's going on? That is a wonderful tune. And actually, if you don't know that much about the Vietnam War, uh, there is an excellent documentary on Netflix this time, not YouTube. You might be sitting there going, Jesus, this girl, a plant by Google or something. She's in here trying to guess us on the YouTube. And it's true, I am trying to get you onto the YouTube, but I swear I'm not an insider. Um, but on Netflix, there's the Vietnam War documentary, documentary, um, highly recommend a watch and something that is very unknown as well. And something I only learned a few years ago was that there was a huge rock and roll scene in Cambodia in, uh, Vietnam's neighbor, um, that was wiped out in the 1960s. So, um, if you get a chance to put that into Google, have a listen to a few of those tunes as well because there was so much loss you know in that in that region um uh because of that war the Cambodian situation was linked to what was going on in Vietnam um there's also another documentary actually about Cambodia I think it's called the bloodiest domino which um talks about you know the American the American they just didn't like socialism a lot. You know, they, they're they trying even to this day to get rid of it in everywhere. Um, so anyway, uh, that's some homework for you there now. Do you have enough homework? So you need to watch all those 50 million YouTube videos that I've set, uh, set for you. The Netflix documentary. Three, three books on Paul Pot. And um, yeah, there you go. Educational and fun. Huh. Okay. The next song and the last song is a song by, sung by Jim McCann um, and it's called Grace and I'm going to let him tell you the song, the story behind the song because um, he tells it so wonderfully um, but I'll just leave you with this quote by Frank Hart uh, which is those in power write the history while those who suffer write the songs. And given our history, we have an awful lot of songs. I've been Christina, and it was a pleasure having you today for, this evening even, for um, this hour of protest and revolution songs. And I hope to um, get to speak to you again sometime. Good night. Now, I have uh, quite a few requests for this next song, and I'm happy to do it because I do love it. 
It's a song called Grace. And um, whereas most of us know the song, most of us would be familiar with the song, not everybody knows who Grace was, or even that she was a real person at all. So uh, with your indulgence, I'll just uh, explain a little bit about the song before I sing it. Uh, Grace was a woman called Grace Gifford. And Grace Gifford was the childhood sweetheart and for a very short time the wife of a man called Joseph Mary Plunkett. Now, Joseph Mary Plunkett was a poet and a patriot. He was the youngest of the signatories of the proclamation in 1916. And as one of the signatories, of course, he was sentenced to death along with the other rebels. And he was shot in Kilmainham Jail here in Dublin on the 4th of May, 1916, in the early hours of the morning. And uh, a couple of hours before he was shot, Grace Gifford and a priest were brought into Kilmainham and in the little chapel inside there, Joseph Plunkett and Grace got married. They were allowed about 15 minutes together under supervision after the ceremony. And that was all, that 15 minutes was all the married life they had together, that was it. If you ever visit Kilmainham Jail, which is something I highly recommend, everybody does at least once, there's a little plaque to the right of the altar as you look at it, commemorating this wedding. And uh, even though she was so young when all this happened, Grace never remarried. And she died in 1969, living with two other old ladies in Ranla in Dublin. That's how close we are to that bit of history. Thanks very much for listening to the story, folks. For those who wanted to hear the song, here it is, Grace. As we gather in the chapel here in old Kilmainham jail, I think about these past few weeks. Oh, will they say we failed from our school days? They have told us we must yearn for liberty. Yet all I want in this dark place is to have you here with me Oh Grace just hold me in your arms and let this moment linger They'll take me out at dawn and I will die With all I'll place this wedding ring upon your finger There won't be time to share our love For we must say goodbye Now I know it's hard for you, my love To ever understand The love I bear for these brave men my love for this dear land but when Parik called me to his side down in the GPO I had to leave my homesick bed to him I had to go sing it with me if you know it 